Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Adelia Jr. Joining me is the Nitro Rifle, Twitch.tv slash Andy Cortez. Good morning, everybody. And I, I started off the show chat with a reference to Elden Ring. I, I said, let me hold you in my arms and you, I will give you an Adioye's blessing, like the Baldekin's blessing, you know, that lady yeah, who, like... it was really good. Of course, loved... this, is our, this is our second time going around because we had an error the, fir- the first time. Yeah. But, yeah, mm. it was a really mm. good reference. Mm. He killed it. And I was to, to that, I was going to say that I learned last night that, that that lady that gives you the blessing, that hugs you, gives you a debuff. To debuff, and Andy, yeah. I did not know that the whole time. I was hugging the hell out of that lady. <laughs> I mean, Every time even... I went back to the round table, I was hugging her. It's it's been a long quarantine blessing. I don't blame you it there. Just need to be held. Because I enjoy <laughs> I, really I enjoy the hugs as well. I, I enjoy the warm embrace of another human. Um, but if the more you do that blessing, the more you further a storyline. Because eventually she's like the genius of from software. Eventually she's holding you and she's like, "Hey, uh, I got this dagger." kind of want you to go give it back to who it belongs to and you're like oh oh that's very nice of you that you're kind of like doing this lost and found thing but one of the lines of dialogue that she says is it holds a special place in somebody's heart and i was like does she want me to kill somebody hmm. stab somebody in that. the heart with a dagger that. oh shit Think See, about that's that. that from that's that from yeah. software touch right there yeah. you never know you don't know exactly what they're going for until you get there and it's like oh shit i got the bad ending right now yeah. i'm walking toward what might be a bad ending but i have no idea i have no idea <laughs> i'm 60 hours into elden ring yeah. and i cannot stop playing it and it's become a problem because i thought i would have the game beat by now um but this goddamn game keeps going and i'm loving it but i'm also like i know more games are gonna come out and i also have the craving right now to play earthbound for some reason <laughs> and Weird. so i'm like okay yeah out of nowhere i'm like man i really feel like playing earthbound because if i can love earthbound i haven't played it forever and so like Every time I, be, I pick up the game now, I'm like, all right, let's start making our way toward the end. Let's finish this, this thing up. But it keeps going and going. And goddamn, is that a good game? Yeah, I don't I don't want it to end ever. I don't I definitely don't. I've uh I think I've done everything that can be done, uh, except for a couple of secret lines of dialogue here and there with some NPCs on the west side of the capital city. West side, yeah. Um I, I think I've kind of seen and done everything possible, Ex- except, you know, that's not even true. Not even true. Another underground path opened and I kind of half explored through that. So I got to keep on digging my way through that area. How many hours are you now? Um, The main playthrough is still like 98. The other playthrough with cool. Mike around 30. How's that playthrough with Mike going? Because I saw I was streaming it a little bit uh, last night and people in my chat were saying that like, yo, Mike needs your help. Like my yeah, Mike is driving needs- me crazy. He needs like an adult, right? Uh, Mike, uh, Mike, Mike is just. Ugh. I heard he wasn't upgrading his. Sword. It's like it's like how he plays Monopoly, where it's like, oh, you only you only know like the basic rules. He wasn't upgrading anything. Blessing, Mike, Snowbike, Mike, thirty hours into the game, thirty five hours into the game, we're fighting the boss, and I'm not really noticing. I'm not micromanaging what Mike is doing damage wise, but somebody's like Andy, you're doing, or they're like Mike, you're doing. 21 damage to this boss and andy is doing 304 or whatever like what why is that he's like well i don't know i was like have you upgraded any of your weapons he's like no i don't know what i was like the fucking blacksmith he's like well he's banging on a sword and like if he bangs on a staff the staff's gonna break it's soft it's like you know it's 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 fucking it he was drove just saying, me crazy is this on his save is this his save that he's been yes playing on? no yes. Th- no this is a secondary save right no no, no, that's yeah, his main he, character. No, he said he had another character for the with another thirty hours in. No, but, well, he gave up on that because he was like, "I don't like this sword and shield life. I'm going to move over to just magic." It's just un- unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. 
hadn't upgraded anything once. And the and, oh my god, don't even get me started. And then we're like, oh, you can upgrade your sword too. And he goes, no, 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 it's maxed out. It's level eight. It's maxed out. You can't. And I was like, it's level eight because Rogier's rapier was given to you at level eight. That is that, hilarious. I, I can't fucking. That is just... incredible. Okay, now I gotta go check that out. Of course, you can go check that out right now. YouTube.com slash kind of funny plays. But. This is kind of funny games daily. So let's talk about today's stories, which includes Epic buying Bandcamp, Housemark working on a new IP, and more because this Bandcamp. is kind of funny games daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you a new kind of funny games cast is up right now and it's our grand turismo 7 review that is greg that is mike that is andy and tim and it's up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe uh thank you to our patreon producers gordon mcguire fargo brady and pranksy today we're brought to you by guild wars but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be a jam-packed roper report it's time for some news we have nine stories today a baker's dozen that was inspired kevin Thank you. What was that? That sounded like an EDM track. That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like. When Dubstep first came out, everybody was like, whoa, whoa, what is this? produced by Scrooge. I just got to change it up every day. Yeah, sure. Keep us on our toes, Kevin. Keep us on our toes, Kevin. Speaking of keeping us on our toes, story number one, Epic Games has bought dot 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 Bandcamp. this comes from a press release over on epic games website where they write today we're thrilled to announce that Bandcamp will be become part of epic games Bandcamp is an online music store and community where fans can discover connect with and directly support the independent musicians that they love fair and open platforms are critical to the future of the creator economy epic and Bandcamp share a mission of building the most artist-friendly platform that enables creators to keep the majority of their hard-earned money Bandcamp will play an important role in Epic's vision to build out a creator marketplace ecosystem for content, technology, games, art, music, and more. Quote, Bandcamp's mission is to help spread the healing power of music by building a community where artists thrive through the direct support of their fans, said Ethan Diamond, CEO and co-founder of Bandcamp. He continues, in Epic, we found a partner who believes as deeply as we do that the future of music and art itself depends on the creation of equitable and inclusive communities like the one our fans and artists have helped build. We're excited to work alongside the Epic team to accelerate the realization of our mission and pursue our shared goal of empowering more creators in a fair and open way. End quote. Andy Cortez, this is an, what, like a, a surprising collaboration here, right? An unlikely par partnership Bandcamp and Epic Games, does this make any sense to you? Um, I, I think all of this sort of messaging is is super swell, bless. It's super, it's super nice. They're trying to unite the world and make the world a better place for creators out there. But I still don't really know what kind of it. I can't quite see what the end game goal is, uh, to be honest with you, um, unless it's, you know, Maybe there's opportunities there with monetization. Maybe there's opportunities there. I mean, there's got to be, right? You don't just buy something for the hell of it. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm interested to see what this kind of evolves into and whether it becomes part of their, um, in a similar way, like, the, you know, they're helping build out this creator marketplace for content and for um, going to the Epic Game Store or going to the Epic Marketplace and buying 3D assets or buying uh, stock animations that you can then put on your characters and stuff. I am assuming this is going to be a way to kind of fast track audio creation um, and getting it getting it on their marketplace. But outside of that, it is kind of bizarre. I mean, I, it's yeah, it's, well, an, it's 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 like EA buying SoundCloud or something like I don't it's 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 just it's a weird thing. I don't really yeah. have a, a weird that, I have a weird reaction to it. It was fun. It was fun seeing tr uh, Twitter when this one broke out because uh, it was a lot of question marks of people being like why like how could this happen and also people being like 
ah, oh, shit, I don't know if I like this, right? Like, Bandcamp is this independent company that, um, you know, traditionally has supported smaller music creators, right, to get their music out there, to get their songs, get their albums out or there. Or podcasts. Or podcasts, right? Like, it's an, it's an audio distribution platform that makes things easy on creators to get stuff out there, right? And I've used I've even used Bandcamp before, right? Because I like to make... Easy these, to download, like, FLAC files. Easy to download FLAC files, right, which is very high-quality audio files. Easy to put stuff out there. Easy to, like... Put stuff out there too that is, hey, pay what you want for my music, right? I've right. done that before where I put out a, a remix album and it is, hey, I'm putting this out for free, but if you want to pay me what you want for it, right, give me a tip, you know, you can do that as well too. And Bandcamp is kind of, has always been kind of along the lines of SoundCloud, right? Similar but different in the way that like Bandcamp is a little bit more buttoned up than SoundCloud. SoundCloud has always felt like more so a, hey, just upload your <laughs> upload your audio. This is a place for audio to live and just go crazy with it, whereas Bandcamp feels a little bit more organized than that. Um in that in in how it relates to epic i think is interesting because you mentioned that yeah this feels like ea buying soundcloud or some shit right where it's like how does this make sense how do these work together epic i think is interesting from a company that you know you mentioned audio library like what what that can do for something like the unreal engine right epic is a company that operates on so many different levels where they are a game developer when you look at fortnite when you look at the games that epic has put out there they are in uh, uh an engine right when you look at unreal engine and, and how important that is for so many developers out there they are a platform as well right with the epic game store they're a store right they are a publisher they do so many different things and trying to figure out how bandcamp fits within that i think gets interesting where they epic is one of the companies that talk about the metaverse right they talk about like you know, uh, finding cool, new, unique ways to exist in digital form and ways you can expand that. I can see Bandcamp maybe fitting into that, especially when you look at, like, what if in Fortnite it is a thing of not only are we, are we putting on concerts by Ariana Grande and Travis Scott and these different big artists, what if we, in Fortnite uh, creator mode, we give that power to the artists to be able to put on their own concerts in Fortnite? You know, I think that is, like, and that that is me being very theoretical and being, like, very hypothetical about where all this could go but i think that might be like end case scenario in terms of what value this might bring i could see the value the other way around too for you know bandcamp in this in this blog post here right they talk about how epic um they 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 see a critical future for uh, the creator economy right a lot of buzzwords there in terms of like right. critical future creator economy all this stuff but one thing we know about epic is that epic likes to give put more money in the hands of creator that's the bit that's been the big step they've taken over steam in terms of getting those percentages for the, the cut that you get as a developer putting out a game on on um the platform you get you get a way of a higher percentage of revenue earned on epic more so than any other platform out there in terms of digital stores right bandcamp has a similar thing right bandcamp is also about empowering the the creator and empowering the artist uh, so that you can make you can make a higher amount of money on your releases than you would if you were to put your albums out on Spotify or any other big streaming service. I think there's aligned vision there that makes this uh, acquisition a bit more comfortable for Bandcamp in that, you know, there might be a bit of shared knowledge and shared, um, like, shared info between the, the two companies that would make sense for why they would collaborate in this way and why one would buy the other. Yeah, I, I think even from the angle that um, when we when we talk about this marketplace, I think a lot of musicians are aware of Bandcamp and are aware of the services they that they offer. And it's possible that maybe Epic wants these musicians to know, hey, there are other ways to also monetize your stuff. There are other ways mm -hmm. that not only we can make a, a percentage off of you or whatever, but that you could make more sales because have you thought about possibly putting your music into games? Have you thought about putting that one instrumental track that is super dramatic that somebody could use as placeholder for your game and they could buy it for five bucks or they could buy it for ten dollars to get the the license for it and um a lot of these things can just be placeholder tools a lot of them can be finalized tools so i, yeah. I think i think it's uh part of it might be epic looking at these music creators and saying hey there are other avenues to go for not just becoming a, a music star yeah. there are other yeah, ways to kind of monetize out, your content not just putting out your music in the traditional way i think that's a really right. good one to shout out too because like i was listening to an interview a while ago from vince staples who is like a very big uh, rap artist right yeah. and like vince staples was talking about how yeah i make a lot of money just by making music that become movie soundtracks right i like saw that on tiktok to, too yeah if you video. listen to if you uh watch black panther or you watch into the spider-verse or you watch plenty of other movies films tv right oftentimes if you're hearing a hip-hop track 
it might be a Vince Staples track because that that is his um like his business plan because movies play, pay a lot of money, right? TV pays a lot of money to get your songs in there. I think that would make a lot of sense for Epic as big and expansive of a company that Epic is for games, right? Again, not just publishing games, but making in, an engine, having the store, having uh, these platforms that they're trying to pull together to become this to be this powerhouse company, being able to um have this process through which smaller creators can get their music into video games i think that makes a lot of sense as well like i think this is one of those purchases that yeah at the forefront i see it and i'm like oh that's confusing why would you do that but i think the more you you dig into it the more the more opportunities you see for how this can actually uh create create cool stuff create cool opportunities and how this actually fits the two uh, how the two companies uh fit together in terms of like what their individual vision, visions are as separate companies and what they can do um when they collaborate in this way so it, it might be a, your yeah, yeah it might be a way to kind of unite those worlds a bit more which i think is a, a kind of a no-brainer now at this point now that i think we've talked about it for the last five ten minutes or whatever mm-hmm. uh, it kind of reminds me of what um hit record is doing with uh joseph gordon levitt where oh, yeah. it's a, just a bunch of creators kind of making things but i i've always seen that platform as like i don't know how expansive that audience is and i think this is just another way to say hey you're a music creator who likely knows that you will never become a rock star or a pop star but you have a lot of really great instrumental tracks that could be used that people would love to purchase from you uh, and, and would love to be able to freely use those songs in their products, in their games, in their VR worlds or whatever. Why don't you come monetize over here as well? Yeah, exactly. And unlike Hit Record, right? Like Bandcamp is proven. Bandcamp has been around forever, right? Yeah. And like Epic, this is Epic buying a company that you know knows what they're doing and has been successful doing what doing what they're doing. And I'm sure this is Epic also buying a company that. And this is me projecting, but like I think it's an easy thread to pull together that I'm sure Bandcamp would like to not split with with Apple in terms of revenue, right? I don't have an Apple phone. I have Bandcamp on my Android. I, I assume Bandcamp is also on Apple, and I assume that with that being the case, when you buy an album on Bandcamp via your your iPhone, you're probably sp- they're probably splitting splitting some of that revenue oh, yeah. with Apple. I'm sure with them being bought by Epic, that is Epic being like, hey, let us help you out in in. Um, getting off of that platform or finding ways where you can monetize where you don't have to worry about that that split, right? What if we, we can we can eliminate that? I'm sure that has uh, uh, something to do with it as well. But enough about that, Andy. We got a lot of new stories to cover, so let's enough hop into that. story number two. Housemark is working on a new IP. Uh, this comes from Dean Takahashi at GamesBeat. And this is the this is an article, right, that originally was just a Q&A. This one up this morning was a Q&A between Dean uh, and Housemark. Buried in here is a confirmation from Housemark uh, that they are working on a new IP. And so um, I'm going to jump directly into the article where they asked the question. This is Dean. Uh, Dean asked the question, quote, right now we're seeing something of a sea change in video games and how they're made. Sony recently bought Bungie. You're obviously under the Sony umbrella. Earlier, you talked about maintaining your identity and who you are as a studio. In a time where Sony especially seems to want more live service games, more things like this, how do you react to that? Are you interested in making live service games? Are, uh, and in a time where games are changing, the people playing them, them are changing. How do you hold that? How do you hold on to that identity? Housemark responds, and this is uh, Quitanen from Housemark. They respond saying, "Well, the jury is still out there. We're one of the very last dinosaurs making arcade games. Next Machina, a few years ago, was very much a shoot 'em up game in the style of the coin ops from from the '80s. That's sort of a clue, but it's interesting. We've been thinking about that." We've we've we had our stint uh, working on multiplayer games uh, because a few years back it seemed like you needed to do that uh, or you needed to have some kind of multiplayer experience. We tried that uh, and we really didn't do do it as well. But it's early days with us starting a new game, a new IP, concepting it out. We'll see what comes with that. So there you go, confirmation that uh, House Mark is working on a new IP. Does that excite you, Andy? Would you prefer Returnal Two or them returning to one of the no pun intended returning to one of their <clears throat> uh, 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 earlier IPs? Um, well, I think it's interesting that they say starting a new game, a new IP, like, does that mean that a new game might be Returnal 2 and a new IP might be something separate? I don't know if they're, I don't even think they're that big enough of a team to kind of work on two things at the same time. But, um, I, I want Returnal 2. I want more of that world. I want more of that style of game, uh, unless you just want to, I don't know, put a different wrapper on it, put a different, you know, 
cover art with a different character and just call it something else in a different setting. But that game is just like pure fun and it's just a it's just great gameplay. So I don't really want something new uh necessarily. Um because I just dug that world so much. So yeah, I mean great for them. I I do think that maybe they could explore um like different online when they say live service game i think immediately everybody thinks that it has to be some sort of destiny type game and i don't think that's necessarily true i think that there could be different uh versions of what returnal has to offer i think there's ways that you could explore that ip more um you could have like leaderboards and time trials and all sorts of stuff up that would kind of still call it a live service game in a way where people are coming back to play it but you're not getting um, necessarily like a new map to play on every month or so or a new gun or whatever like there's a lot of different ways that you can make your game a live service game without i think everybody thinking that it's going to turn into an avengers type video game yeah exactly and when you look at what they were working on right before they were working on returnal they were working on storm divers which is the reference that they're making here in their article and storm divers was basically i believe it was a battle royale type game uh, like i'm opening up the steam page right now for it and the just because the steam page is still active for some reason um wow. uh yeah i would have assumed they would have taken it down by now but uh here right in the description they say housemark's first gaming experience of a new era storm divers is a third person multiplayer centric shooting game uh featuring chaotic battles and volatile explosions amidst a recurring nanostorm that follows the beautiful and lush island Islands, uh, islands surrounding the uh, surroundings to explore right and this sounds like a battle royale that is coming off of the wave of like the battle royale hype where you read that and it's like oh yeah it is a action third person shooter where there's a storm devouring the the the, the stage and them announcing this game after coming off of making other games like next machina resogun um, um all all of the arc arcade like the smaller arcade style games that they worked on before was that like it was that like kind of bittersweet thing of being like, cool, I like seeing this developer make the moves to stay alive, but man, it sucks that it seems like they're doing something to like hop on a trend. And I never want to see Housemark hop on a trend. Uh, and so like to that, I, I wouldn't want to see them work on something that's live service, even even though PlayStation is making this push. It seems like PlayStation is making the push with the comp- with the developers that seem right for it or the developers Agreed. that seem appropriate, right? Or in ways that don't feel like they are forcing developers to do this. You know, you've seen the job listings from Sucker Punch, Insomniac, um, all these different studios that are hiring for multiplayer and none of them seem awkward yet, right? And we'll have to wait for the announcements of what those games are and like see like what the actual pitch on them is. But seeing... Uh, Soccer Punch, go from making putting out Ghost of Tsushima to then putting out Ghost of Tsushima Legends months after, that didn't feel like an awkward thing, right? That felt like such a oh shit, all right, we didn't know you were doing this, but then you play it and you're like, damn, this is pretty good. Like I can yeah. see these guys making making a full game of this, right? Turning this into something that is a live service game. Um, One of those don't knock it till you try it sort of things. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree with you. Where I think it's kind of human nature to assume that Sony is in the midst of returning back to their kind of PS3 days uh, in terms of their, uh, I I guess their overall uh, lookout or or outlook based on, you know, what their, what their company is doing. And Mm -hmm. maybe they're returning back to uh, business as usual, Sony, the, the type of Sony that, um, but I always go back to that sort of Sean Layden moment where he mentions like, no, this game isn't going to make a lot of money, but we're putting it out there because we believe in it anyway, you know? Yeah. And I feel like it's natural to sort of think that Sony is reverting based on a lot of their, you know, the things that they've done in the last couple of years uh, regarding PS4 to PS5 transfers and just how things have looked pretty um, consumer unfriendly compared to what Xbox has been doing. But... I don't think that that necessarily means that they're going to tell Housemark who made a game that sold fairly well uh, for a house, a Housemark game. Yeah, for a Housemark game for a new IP. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to go to Housemark. I don't think this means that they're looking at Housemark and saying, "All right, now go make the next Anthem." Or they obviously wouldn't use Anthem as a as a as an example, yeah. but but like you you would imagine that like if they're going to make a live service game, it would look something like that, right? It would be like yeah. A, Here's a cool shooter game that has a lot of style, that has like a lot of flair to it, and I yeah, it, yeah I can't, I also can't really see Housemark doing that, right? And they mentioned here they they try to do it, and you know that um, uh, I'm trying to find the exact the exact quote they make, but they 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 essentially were like it didn't work, right? Yeah, they say we tried that and we really didn't do it as right. well. 
Um, and so I'm yeah, not going to put Alsmark, I want, bless. I'm okay. not going to put Steph Curry in the paint and tell him to to back up. Exactly. Uh, you know the Stifle Tower. Yeah, Rudy Gobert. You know, like mm-hmm. we put him where he's useful, which I'm is like anywhere half court. Threes, exactly. You know? Exactly. You don't. You don't miss. You. You don't misuse your talent like that. So I think that you're absolutely right in that they're getting the talent all of these recent acquisitions and all these kind of recent partnerships or whatever, um, and announcements of other multiplayer games. I think that they know that all of these other pieces are in play right now. And all of these pieces are working on things that we believe in, uh, single player wise. And we're not really necessarily just going to force a company who has excelled critically with single player games to, we're not going to force them to make a multiplayer type game. Yeah, and and talking about a new IP too, like I I would like to see a new IP from Housemark. You know, that's kind of what that's kind of been their go to over the last decade of games of them making games, right? Of like going from Resogun to hopping into Next Machina, hopping into and I'm I'm, I'm not going in order because they made a billion games, but like each of them have been different from each other. And yeah, Hell Divers and all that. Hell, well, Hell Divers wasn't them, but like oh wait, uh, yeah, you're right. I, f- I forget what their other game wait, was called. Hell Divers wasn't them. I, I thought don't Hel- think it was them. Was it Housemark? Yeah, I thought Helldivers was house. No way, Helldivers. Yeah, Helldivers is house, Housemark. Holy shit, Housemark is off the chain yeah. then of Helldivers. And, and, yeah. ju- and just and the other uh, no uh, developer was Arrowhead. On okay, a, on... that's why I thought I was like Helldivers wasn't Housemark. Oh, I thought it was. I really thought Housemark, it was. They did like Alienation and Dead Nation, which are similar types of games. There we go. There we go. Uh, so, those are the ones. Those are the ones. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those are the ones. Yeah. Oh dear. But like, you I'm know, right, they... I'm right there with you, Kevin. They they I make really a really thought that was it yeah they yeah it does seem like a game that would be be from them but like yeah they make a lot of different games but they all kind of fit within that same like oh you know this is a housemark game like if I say a housemark game you know what kind of game I'm talking about and now that housemark is a bigger you know triple A studio now uh, I don't expect that to change necessarily right I think it's easy for us to go okay well now they're gonna get into making sequels and turning Returnal into a continuing IP I wouldn't I wouldn't you know write off the idea of Returnal two coming sometime in the future but I also think that if they make a new IP, it'll still be, you'll still get what you would get out of Returnal 2 out of a new IP, right? It'll just have a different story. It might have a different perspective. It'll have different characters, tweets, gameplay, and all these things. But Housemark's next game is probably going to be an arcade shooter that is big budget, that, that is cool, that is fresh. And that's what I want from them, right? I don't necessarily need uh, them to make Returnal 2 because I can just play Returnal 1 and have a great time with it. That's it's, where I'm at with it. It's funny. I, I just happened to open up their their a couple of reviews for Matterfall, which came out after Matterfall. That's what I was thinking of. Matterfall came out after Next Machina and uh, IGN's review is it's good while it lasts. There's just not a whole lot of repeating uh, the gameplay. And uh, mm. it seems like they just kind of took that form. You know, <laughs> they're like, oh, we got it. You want us to make a roguelite? All right, cool. cool. Yeah, All right. Yeah, that. we know exactly <laughs> what you want from us. That's hilarious. Andy, let's hop into story number three. Uh, we're getting a bunch of Resident Evil games to P- uh, coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Capcom is bringing Resident Evil 2 Remake, 3 Remake, and 7 to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series later this year, with free upgrades for existing owners. The th- three games will receive visual enhancements for the new consoles, and those who already own them on PS4 and Xbox One will receive free digital upgrades. Capcom also confirmed that PC versions of the games will receive upgrade patches at the same time as the PS5 and Xbox Series versions are released. Each of the three titles will be updated to include ray tracing, high, fr- high frame rate, and 3D audio. I still can't read ray tracing without thinking of Ray J for some reason. Uh, the PS5 <laughs> versions will also Ray J tracing. The PS5 versions will also utilize the Dual Senses, uh, con- Dual Sense controllers, haptic feedback, and adaptive triggers. There you go, Resident Evil. Wow, those fans. guns are gonna mm-hmm. feel so realistic. Those they? guns are gonna feel great. Um, I mean, uh, we got to cross our fingers for all of the for all of the um, PC players out there that are really looking forward to this, that these ports are not busted because it just seems like whenever a Capcom game comes out or um, I mean, when I when I played eight, uh, bless you, when it took me, you know, four years to play through Resident Evil Village uh, here on stream, the I mean, it was just so broken and I hope that it doesn't require all these modders to kind of get the game to a functional state, you know, because uh, that's always it always just seems like that's kind of what happens. These games, these ports come out on PC and they're broken in some way. So I hope that they launch successfully and not completely unplayable. 100 percent agreed. 
story number four, we got a Gran Turismo 7 review roundup for you. Again, our kind of funny games cast is up right now that you can catch on YouTube and on podcast services around the globe. I believe it was Snowbike Mike. Andy, you'll have to, you'll have to correct me on this one. It's Mike Mike that's played it, and he's like a first-timer. Yeah, first to the first of the franchise. Yeah, he's obviously somebody who enjoys Forza much like I do. But he's like, oh, I don't really know if I'm going to dig this. I'll give it a shot. And then he ended up pretty, you know, enjoying it a lot. Nice. Yeah, Gran Turismo 7 is one that I've had on my PS5. And I wanted to play more of it, but I, I, I got so sucked into Elden Ring. And so I've just been like, cool, I'm just, just going to be my game right now. Yeah. Uh, but I did play, what, like the first hour of Gran Turismo. And let me tell you, Andy, that game makes a first impression where you boot it up and like the the courses that are immediately available for, i don't know if this is going to be you. good or not <laughs> no it's like good it makes a good first oh, okay. impression where like you boot it up and it's like cool here are these courses that you can play to kind of like you know get into it and I, I forget if it's like background installing or whatever but it's like here's like the first thing that we want you to do and you get to basically choose from like these music courses and so you choose the first one and it is like it's basically it, it's kind of like a rhythm game mixed with gran turismo where it is a song playing, you know, um, uh, over the course, and the there's a timer counting down to the beat of the song that is getting faster as the song goes, and you have to get to the next checkpoint before the timer clicks all the way down. And huh. so it's you driving, trying to get as far as you can on this course as the timer clicks down to the beat of the song. And let me tell you, that shit was hype. But like, I finished it, I was like, oh, that was really cool. And then when I tell you that like the longest cutscene starts after that that is like tra uh, transitioning you from like that first course into the rest of the game they play like this video that i'm sure in reality was like two minutes long that shit felt like 10 minutes and it <laughs> and it was unskippable momentum like, just <laughs> like but but like the video was cool as hell though to their credit oh, it was okay. like a really cool video about like the history of cars and like how cool cars are and like they got how, four wheels they got yeah. four wheels and like yeah. the wheels connect to a body and the body has like a cool interior and it's them it's showing things. like yeah it's them just like showing different shots of cars and cars driving and shit and I'm, i watched that whole thing for two minutes pressing pressing every button on my controller seeing if i can skip it i cannot skip it uh but still enthralled the whole time i was like holy shit huh. they really put they put everything into this cutscene, um, and that's about that's about as far as I got. After that, I was like, "All right, I gotta go back to Elden Ring." But I gotta like, become cool the Elden you. Lord, yeah. I gotta go become the Elden Elden Lord. But right now, Gran Turismo Seven, um, in terms of reviews, is sitting at an eighty-eight on Metacritic and also an eighty-eight on Open Critic. I'm gonna pull from two different reviews, starting with Luke Riley at IGN, who gave it a nine and says, "On the eve of the series' twenty-fifth birthday, Gran Turismo Seven is more than just a celebration of cars this time around. In some ways, it's a, it's also a celebration of itself. A modern mix of the original Gran Turismo's trend-setting format with GT Sports' stern but very successful focus on competitive online racing, this version is a potent podium performance from from developer." polyphony digital with gorgeous graphics a fantastic driving feel and racing options galore it's the best the series has been since its dormant or sorry dominant playstation 2 era it does have some significant failings though including how it continues to cripple its career mode races with dreadfully flawed rolling starts uh, its car list is no longer as comprehensive as the competition and it's always online single player mode still seems needlessly needlessly punitive but all of that is on the periphery of GT7's outstanding driving experiences, which are enhanced by the PS5's gorgeous graphics and intense and flavorful haptic feedback via the DualSense controller. And that's the thing I'll shout out to you. For that one and a half races that I did, Andy, game looked gorgeous. Game looked fantastic. Well, you didn't, what, what happened the second race? What? So like, so I did get a little bit past that opening cutscene. I was like, all right, let me oh, play okay. a little bit more. They made you buy your car, which was like <laughs> interesting because they were like, all right, we, you can buy whatever car you want. But we're going to give you enough currency to buy only three cars. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll buy whatever the first three is. And they're also like, hey, man, you know, we have a lot of cars in this game. But, like, you should start off with one of these Japanese models because these are a bit easier to handle. I was like, all right, I feel like you're talking down to me, but good because I need you to talk down to me because I'm not a car person. So I bought one of those cars. The real like, sim experience. They send you to, like, financing to, like, talk. Uh, Andy. <laughs> like, what's your, what's your credit, sir? What's your... <laughs> when, I, when I tell you, that's how it feels. Because they also have, like, people pop up and talk to you in that way. Oh, like, it's hey. Luca. Yeah, Mike. Mike talked our ear off about Luca and how Luca was talking his his ear off. And it felt like I, it felt like I was on a like a phone UI. Like I got a new phone and like I was tapping different buttons to like get to the the car dealership. And it's a new yeah. guy. He's like, "Hey, man, welcome." 
come buy this car and i'm like okay let's do this <laughs> uh, but yeah after that i did like boot up oh eight another race and i was like all right i ain't got time for this uh yeah. but in that time game looked gorgeous uh but from there i want to hop into martin robinson at Eurogamer, who recommends the game and says half met promises and some missing features feel like part of the modern gran turismo experience expected by fans but for the first time in several ages this feels like a gran turismo that's worthy of uh, worthy of being a modern blockbuster. It's appeal breaking out well beyond cultish car nerds like myself. It's a sumptuous, arrestingly gorgeous thing that most importantly retains its enthusiast heart under the graphical showcase. And uh, that does and that does its level best to, to, to make a car enthusiast out of anyone in its orbit. Is it the king of driving games once more? The, the genre is now too broad and too varied to make such a statement. Though Gran Turismo finds itself a neat slot uh, alongside the likes of Assetto Corsa and iRacing, presenting accessible driving that looks simply staggering. Is it the best Gran Turismo to date? Of, of that, there's no real doubt. So there you go. These Gran Turismo reviews are very glowing. By the way, Kevin, I don't know if you know this. I can kind of hear the air in your room. I don't know if Andy notices this too. Yeah, I can hear. Your mic might be loud, Kevin. Uh, yeah, the stream can't. I, I think my mic is not coming in as broadcast. Give me a second. Uh, I'll fix that. I'll fix cool. it. Mm-hmm. Hey, as long as the stream doesn't hear it, it's all good. Uh, Andy, do you have any interest in playing Gran Turismo? Uh, I mean, especially not right now, Blessing. Zero, zero interest. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, it would take me a lot to get me off of Elden Ring. And there's already a couple of extra... A couple of extra games that are kind of on the horizon right now that I have not, you know, that are definitely going to prolong any sort of interest in getting into Gran Turismo. But generally, no. I think Gran Turismo had a special place in my heart when I was a kid on the older PlayStation consoles because I had never really experienced a game with licensed cars. What a... What a fucking way to kind of blow my mind to be like, whoa, that's a Honda Civic in in a game? What? <laughs> like, I, I'm just so used to, like, fake cars everywhere in these video games. So it was, like, really cool to see actual licensed vehicles in a Gran Turismo game. And that's kind of, like, where my interest just fell off. I'm more of the Forza arcade let's have fun. Although, let's, hey, you know what will get me back into Forza, by the way? Um, playground games? give us the option to like lower the gravity i want to fucking send my car flying and i want to i I, yeah i mean i mean i I don't want to like obviously fly through the air but like what they're like their whole oh damn kevin you're robot you are robot you sound crazy to us right now yeah 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 (laughs) i don't know if the chat here is that kevin sounds like when you like when when you were like he was drowning underwater no i think they heard me normal uh but it's because i I have to use wavelength because this thing we're doing on friday Oh right, 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 right. So you're gonna hear the fan. Sorry, yeah. they don't. Yeah, hear no, it, it sounded like when you sing into a fan as a kid to get like yeah. that extra like, <laughs> horrible. horrible. Yeah, horrible. yeah. But yeah, I'm right there with you, Andy. That like um, Gran Turismo, like is racing sims in general aren't necessarily my jam. I lean more toward the arcadey stuff, like Forza Horizon, and like you know, I'm still here waiting for a new Burnout to get announced one day, someday. EA, please make it happen. Um, that said, like the th- the thing that attracted me to the idea of trying Gran Turismo was the fact that. Oh man, I know this game is going to look incredible, and I know right. this is this is a game for car nerds. I'm not a car nerd, but let me take a peek. Let me take a glance in there to see what it's about. And like for the race and a half that I did, you know, like I, I was like, oh, this is cool. I, it's still not for me, but like I, I definitely appreciate how much they, how far they go with it in terms of making this an experience for the people that this is for. And it's so one of those show-stopping kind of games, right? It's it's yeah. one of those games that like um, I, I, I kind of bring this up with a lot of modern video games that's getting to the point where they're kind of just all falling under the same umbrella for me. But when somebody isn't into games, you this is a game to show them be like, hey, this is this is how video games look now, by the way. Like, this isn't just a cutscene. This is like how they look and feel now. <laughs> and it's just kind of a way to kind of stun modern audiences that aren't necessarily up to date with what the hell's happening in video games. I remember for me, back in 2010, that was NBA 2K, where... I uh, went to a friend's house, brought the game along, and they were like, they're a big basketball nerd, right? Like they played on the high school basketball team. Um, and like, I was like, yo, let me show you this game. NBA 2K looks fantastic. And booted Silky up. Silky crossover? Like, oh, well, were they oh, yeah, more, no, more they, of a ball handler or like, you know? Oh, both. They're all around. Like, they, oh, they wow. have the talent. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we booted up NBA 2K and they were like, oh wow this looks like real life right and this is nba 2k on the ps3 in like 2010 yeah. like it didn't look that great but like back in the day that shit looked like real oh life. yeah oh um, yeah and so yeah i remember i i, I like those kind of games where it's like this is for my friends who may not be as entrenched for me to show it to them and go hey look at this shit real quick 
Mm-hmm. Speaking of shit that you that you should look at real quick, let me tell you about patreon.com slash kind of funny games that uh, where you can go look at it, get some cool exclusive content on there like the next gen podcast. You can write in with your questions. You can also get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Guild Wars 2 End of Dragon, the third expansion for the award-winning and critically acclaimed MMORPG Guild Wars 2 and the culmination of the Elder Dragon Saga. There's no shortage of new shenanigans to get up to to explore the beautiful Canton continent, travel, fish with your friends in your own personal skiff, unlock nine new elite specializations, pilot the Siege Turtle combat mount, and way, way more. If you're new to Guild Wars 2, don't worry, their community of over 16 million players are ready to welcome you with open arms. If you're already a Guild Wars 2 commander, it's time to gear up for some new adventures. Like that Siege Turtle mount I mentioned earlier. Yeah, it can bear two riders, one to handle the turtle, the other to operate the weapon strapped to its shell. That's awesome. What about the personal skiff I mentioned? It's your new home away from home on the waves. Ferry your whole party around to explore, relax, or drop anchor to fish over 200 unique species around Tyria. You can check out the link in the description to get your hands on Guild Wars 2 End of Dragons available now. Story number five. Uh, this is one to keep you in the know. This is some real-world news that is intersecting with video game news. Uh, Ukraine calls on Xbox and PlayStation to end support in Russia. This is from Jordan Midler at VGC. Ukraine's deputy prime minister has called on Xbox and PlayStation to temporarily end support in the in the in the Russian and Belarusian markets uh, following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. In an open letter published on Twitter, Mike Michaelo, Michaelo uh, Fedorov called on the platform holders to quote block all Russian and Belarusian accounts, temporarily stop the participation of Russian and Belarusian teams and gamers in all international esports events. End quote. In a message addressed to Xbox and PlayStation, the deputy PM wrote quote. To all game development companies and esports platforms, the Russian Federation has carried out a deceptive and outrageous military attack on my country. Just imagine, in 2022, cruise missiles attack uh, residential neighborhoods, kindergartens, and hospitals in the heart of Europe, end quote. The letter continues, quote, we need your support. In 2022, modern technology is perhaps the best answer to the tanks, multiple rocket launchers, and missiles, end quote. Fedorov also called on Riot Games, Electronic Arts, Ubisoft, and Wargaming uh, to close their offices in Russia. Uh, so that's one to kind of keep you in the know. But yeah, wild times we live in right now. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, you know that there are so many Russians living there that that do not agree at all with what Vladimir Putin is doing and what he stands for, and. Uh, that's a bummer for them if if any of this does happen because there's there have to be I, mean, I, I know yeah, that there but, are millions and millions of people there that just don't agree with what the hell is yeah, happening. hundred percent. There's uh, so many, but yeah. also like this is the kind of thing that brings out awareness, and it's like yeah, you know, like oh, yeah. this is gonna make people re- like not just ignore what's going on, right? Yeah, because I bet you the majority of those people are just like I right, whatever. Because I mean, you know, Russia. Yeah, there's people that Rush are like, oh, dangerous. he used the yeah. nerve. He used the nerve angel to kill a journalist or whatever. Like, eh, well, that's kind of just what Putin does, yeah. whatever. It becomes really easy to ignore when it's not something that is affecting yeah. you in, your, in yeah. your daily life. And so I think this is two-pronged in terms of, like, you know, granting awareness to the people, right, to put pressure on Russia in that way. And then also to try and hit the economy as well, too, right? The more different, like, the more uh, businesses you can hit in that way to, like, fuck up or fuck with the economy in Russia, I'm sure the more that puts pressure on Putin to go, oh, well. Yeah, we gotta we, we gotta stop this, right? Or like at least you know it, it it puts pressure in a way that like change can happen. I don't know if Putin is ever gonna go. We should stop this, but like you know, um, this at least might do something for that. And so yeah. that's something to keep your eye on. Uh, again, I'm sure we'll have more news stories as more game companies have been um, outspoken and showing the support to the people of Ukraine. And so you love to see it. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, the next new story, all next new stories have to do all with uh, patches, and so I'm calling this the patch section. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Andy, are you ready? I am. Let's start with one that applies to us both. Story number six: Elden Ring is getting a patch. This is Matt Perslow at IGN. From Software and Bandai Namco have announced that a new Elden Ring patch has been made available for the PC and PS5 versions of the game. Elden Ring's patch 1.02.2 fixes an issue where the graphics card was not being used, resulting in slow performance. If you remember, this is a big complaint. Uh, uh, the Steam reviews were getting toward mostly negative because people were citing um, the, the game not running well. Uh, seemingly, this should fix all that. Uh, alongside that, the PC version of the patch also fixes a bug that caused the game to quit during a battle with the Fire Giant, which is a mandatory boss fight. 
On PS5, patch 1.02.2 makes changes to save, save game progression even when the game is not terminated. Players will have noted that, like other From Software games, Elden Ring does not like it if you don't use it formal if you don't use its formal save and quit function at the end of your play session. Hopefully, this update helps prevent any issues for those who 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 like to quit by simply turning their console off. So there you go, Andy. Does this help you out at all? I mean, yeah, I'm st- I'm stoked that this hopefully fixes some performance issues. I don't know if it will entirely. Uh, just watching digital foundry's videos it's kind of a it's kind of a bummer because largely what happens whenever a pc game comes out uh is the maybe it's performing less than optimally and the community takes charge and says well if they're not going to do it we'll go ahead and try to fix these issues and we've seen that happen with uh games like near automata in the past but when a game is uh built and running on DirectX 12 that is kind of impossible. It's really on the developer to do a lot of those things. When a game's on DX11, there's a lot more freedom uh, to, you know, kind of mess with with the core game's code and stuff like that. So the idea that largely a lot of the outside community is kind of locked off from doing major things in order to help performance was pretty discouraging, uh, especially knowing that it took Bloodborne to get a long it took a long time for bloodborne to get a patch to help out with those frame rate issues mm-hmm. um so I, it was kind of worrisome and i hope that this starts and continues a trend of like all right your your shit's busted we're getting i'm getting massive frame drops in this one area or in these five areas how can we sort of fix this so that's, that's great i'm really excited about that i have i've also been seeing a lot of people on twitter just talk about bugs where they're like floating on their horse and it seems like the game is way buggier than anything that I ever experienced during my time with it, uh, even during the review period. And I know that the game kind of got progressively worse with more and more updates that came out. So um, I hope a lot of those issues get get resolved because, yeah, during the network test, all of the sort of frame rate and performance that was happening there are a lot better than what's happening recently as the game has kind of like released and then gotten that initial patch to help things but it didn't really help things it apparently made uh quite a bit of things worse honestly yeah that sucks too because like you know it seems like this is a thing that happens fairly often with pc releases is somebody's voices isn't talking I think that was uh, it was me my bad I was okay. um first time i was like <laughs> i was like alexa is that you uh alexa, no sorry <laughs> um but yeah no it seems like this is a thing that happens kind of um often with pc ports of games and it sucks because like i know during my time playing Elden ring for the 60 hours i put in put into it now right it's a huge big open world game i've had surprisingly little bugs you know like i can't i don't think i can recall even a bug that i've had like i the, the only thing i can think of is an, an enemy like um kind of like rubbing up a texture against a check texture in a weird way that like makes them like go through it or something like that. But like I, that is maybe one example across many hours of a game where the last few open world games I've played have been more consistent in their bugs. And so I'm, I'm kind of very impressed with Elden Ring on that side. And of course I'm playing on PS5, whereas I have read and heard a lot of things more so on the PC side in terms of uh, shit that, that's been going down. And so I'm glad to hear that they're patching. I'm glad to hear that they're fixing things. And yeah, like yeah. I hope that in the future, the PC ports of games are more on par with uh, their console counterparts. Yeah, I, I had to kind of, uh, I, I, I was kind of popping into some of these tweet threads with uh, John Linneman from Digital Foundry. Because I think a lot of people's initials, initial response is, why weren't these issues brought up during the review? Like, were these people just so blinded by how good the game is that they didn't talk about? Like, no, I talked about the frame issues, but the frame issues got worse with the day one patch, which was not available to us. Like, mm-hmm. they got noticeably worse with the day one patch that we didn't have, that I never played on. Um, and like I said, like, if a game is dropping frames and not a consistent 60 um that is a better experience for me than when i played horizon and it was doing like those big stutter moments like Mm -hmm. where i had to restart the whole thing like i've never had that with elden ring i've never had a bug where i fell through a world or anything kind of game breaking in that way so like i'm used to playing games with frame drops that's just kind of like especially at launch like of course like it's I'm not going to get a consistent 60, and yes, we should hope for more, and we should expect more, but I'm realistic in those ways. And I think where you mentioned 
you haven't had really any big, massive game-breaking bugs. Neither have I. And to me, that's like a miracle with a big open-world game. Yeah, that's what, that's the thing that impresses me the most is how many... Like, is me not getting really any bugs, really, right? Like, not even game-breaking bugs. Like, it's been pretty bugless for the most part. And yeah, like, in terms of, like, the... Uh, pre, uh, reviewers and how like you know that that experience may differ from the actual game once the patch is out right i think that's both the nature of games being a thing that change because of updates but then also experiences being a thing that like experiences being a thing that will differ depending on what you're looking for out of a game like i mean i took uh i remember talking about in our review right like getting frame drops on ps5 but none of the frame drops were bad enough to where i felt like i need to make a big deal out of it i think that is kind of the difference where if it was a problem i would have made it known that it was a problem right because like things, yeah. that I th things that i think are problems i'm i tend to make them known that they're, they're oh, a sure. problem but like for elden ring it was that thing of cool it, i'm running in performance mode and sometimes it'll drop from 60 to 45 and like that'll happen in very dense areas and all these things but for me that's totally acceptable it's right? it's i it's it's acceptable for me blessing where i don't go time to turn off the game i can't deal with this like it's yeah. I, it's it's and not even a thing of like, oh no, I gotta struggle <laughs> through this, right? Like, oh man, this exactly. is an issue, but I gotta see past it. It's like, oh no, it happens, and like, I, I, I was kind of fine with it from uh, yeah, yeah. that regard, especially with an open world that looks that dense. But to continue talking about patches, uh, not the not the character in Elden Ring, which which I saw uh, chat referencing. Which yeah. good job, chat. Good job, chat. Catching that. Uh, with story number seven, a new patch has been released for Horizon Forbidden West. This is Ed Nightingale at Eurogamer. Sony has released a new patch for Horizon Forbidden West that fixes a number of issues. However, most notably uh, is, the, is that the widespread issue of shimmering graphics is still yet to be fixed, though the team has acknowledged uh, it's working on it. The full patch notes on Reddit lists a number of known issues that are not yet fixed in the patch. Uh, quote, the team continues to investigate several graphical issues reported by players regarding shimmering, sharpening, and screen saturation when moving the camera, it reads. Elsewhere, though, a long list of fixes has been implemented. Amusingly, one of, the, one of these is that Aloy will no longer mention her stash quite as much. Uh, other general fixes include multiple localization corrections, uh, visual and audio improvements to cinematics, uh, er erratic mount behavior in certain locations, and various crash fixes. Stash with the C-H-E at the end. Um, not, the, mm. not the facial hair stash chat, just so you all know. No, wait, stash, isn't it S-H at the end? It says S-H in the, in the article. Sta oh, the, oh the, no, the you're opposite. thinking of the other way around. Yeah, yeah mustache yeah, yeah. is C-H-E. I, I was just, like, making a joke. I was making a joke. <laughs> no, you're right there. I got, I got where you're going. It just confused yeah, yeah. me for a second. Uh, more specific fixes have been made across multiple quests, as well as issues with the UI and graphical issues like objects popping between levels of detail, a jittery camera, and blurry textures in photo mode. Uh, and that's the end of the article. Uh, what I'd say is that that is all welcome, and I like to see that they're still working on the the shimmering and all that stuff. But yeah, Aloy, not mentioning the stash quite as often is a very welcome fix. I remember Barrett uh, making fun of that a few weeks ago, and being I think he just tweeted out like, "Oh, that's I'll add this to my stash for later," right? Because she says that what feels like almost every single time she picks up something that yeah. has to go to the stash. Yeah, yeah go for it i was gonna say i talked about it in my review yeah or, or during our review mm -hmm. in the massive lead up towards the big epic ending i died i fell off a thing <laughs> i fell off like too far and i died and then coming back and it's like epic music fucking crazy shit happened around me and like huh looks like i can have this in my chest later i'm like ah oh, just i don't stop doing that stop doing that <laughs> and this, this is another one's you know talking about like the reviewer experience versus somebody who's playing the game maybe months after or years after right where like um this reminds me of cyberpunk when i read the patch notes that they were lightening up the the dildo droppage oh, right. in cyberpunk because like when i played cyberpunk during review i swear to god dildos were on like <laughs> half the bodies that, that i looted and so like that's something i brought up during the review i was like yo there are dildos everywhere in the game and then like i think it was that day must one have been a joke that must have been a joke for reviewers right it no. was crazy, dude. They had to call in Dil like Dylan, the dildo manager, and be like, hey, what what's the count being? And he's like, oh, shit, I added a zero to it. No wonder. Like, oh, I fucked up. There's dildos <laughs> Dude, there were dildos everywhere in Cyberpunk, but then they fixed it with a patch, and I started getting tweets of people being like, oh, no, there's not as many dildos in this game as, like, Blessing said there was, and I was like, no, trust me. I was in, I was in like the 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 climactic moments of the game, taking out like big characters, and they were dropping dildos out their pockets. Trust me, they they couldn't get enough <laughs> of the dildos in the cyberpunk world when I played. I have but never felt more justified uh, than when they came out and admitted that this was uh, not admitted, but like they recognized that this was an issue. The whole jittery, not jittery, but the the shimmering, the shimmering on the screen. Because I brought that up during our review, and I was like, 
damn, sometimes it's like the scene is so dense with detail that it kind of hurts my eyes and it's really noisy to look at because there's a lot of stuff happening. And I didn't really know that it was a graphical issue at the time. Um, and I, I caught a bit of flack for that being like, wow, weird to kind of make, you know, weird to kind of say that the negative of the game is that it's too detailed, but then coming out and being like, yeah, there's a, this shimmering issue that's happening. It's like, oh, thank God it's an actual bug because mm -hmm. like it hurt for me to look at uh, a decent amount of the time. And then even when they kind of mentioned that there's a hot fix for it, that did not fix the issue either. So I'm glad that they are like fully addressing it with some sort of patch, but also thank God they are fixing the blurriness in photo mode because that was such a bummer to me i had so many awesome pictures i wanted to post of like aloy just standing and her fucking like dress and hair are blurring as if like they're in motion yeah and it like oh it just sucked man i was like god dang it these are ruining it man <laughs> we got one more uh for the patch section story number eight valve says it's fixed seam decks drift issue via a software update this is andy robinson at video games chronicle Valve says it's fixed reported incidents of Steam Deck analog stick drift via a software update. Uh, on Tuesday, multiple Reddit users posted video evidence that their devices were experiencing drift, which is when an analog stick registers movement even when the player isn't touching the input. However, Valve has seemingly moved swiftly to rectify the issue, with designer Lawrence Yang telling users on social media that it should now be fixed via a firmware update. Quote, hi all, a quick note about Steam Deck thumbsticks. The team has looked into all in, into the reported issues, uh, and it turns out it was a dead zone regression from a re recent firmware update, they wrote. Uh, quote, we just shipped a fix to address the bug, so make sure you're up to date, end quote. So there you go. If, you have a, if you're one of those lucky bastards that has a deep Steam Deck, well, first of all, fuck you, I'm jealous. Second of all, there you go, if you're having a, a stick drift issue. Uh, dead zone regression sounds like a mission in a, like Outriders or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Andy, I want a Steam Deck so bad. Like, I, it sucks, I've, man, that I, other people have them and I don't, you know? I've said this before, like, as a fan, uh, as a, I've never been a fan of handheld gaming and the, just, like, having my neck down and I get really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like, I would, I would kill for, like, I would, I would murder. Actually, don't say that. Uh, don't clip that out. But, like, if Steam just <laughs> Wait, why made... why murder better than kill? <laughs> well, you know, just either well, way. Well, neither like, were good, yeah. I, I feel like as good. I doubled down and I was like, don't do this, I mean, you, <laughs> I would you wouldn't kill. do that. Actually, I would murder. I would, I, 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 <laughs> would you maim? Would you maim? Oh, he was no. sure. What, what about club? What about club? No, no, I wouldn't do anything, Kevin. I'm very, very unviolent. What about tickle? Um, I might tickle. <laughs> I might yeah? tickle, okay. Yeah. My tickle. What if it was or, Nick? Or Steam to make a hardware <laughs> version of just a tablet. <laughs> God damn it. Kevin's on one today. I love it. If Steam just made a, a, a tablet version of this where I could just kind of either Bluetooth the controller or plug in the controller, please somebody make this. I know that, like, people are going to say, Andy, try out the, the Lenovo Ultrabook or try out the whatever thing. It's like, yeah, but those are like Windows PCs that aren't graphically ready because they're using like either their onboard chipsets or they're using like some sort of Intel chipset. Um, I want like a Steam Deck that can do everything that the Steam Deck has kind of like, you know, advertised. Yeah, it's running all these games. It's You can run this game at 60 frames at 720p. That sounds fucking awesome. Just give me like a version that I don't need to hold like that. Uh, like mm -hmm. a fat ass, like even if you want to make a fat slab, bless, like make a mm -hmm. fucking inch thick, I'll take that shit. And where I could just plug in a controller and maybe like a little kickstand or something. I just, I, it's just the handheld thing. It's like, ah, oh, man, I don't want to be in bed. How do I fucking, I this thing that, is the size of my pillow, but, you know? Andy, can't you use the uh, like the mount thing you have for your Switch? And then like, there's no mount big enough to fit a Steam Deck. There's no and shot. I, but I, I, no, dude, I have. A, I'm, imagine I'm, that falling on your face too. No, I. But I have a mount right now that <laughs> holds up a, an iPad. Like an iPad's bigger for sure. Like just the iPad Pro is bigger, and it might even be heavier. If can not, you, around no the way, same no way. way. The iPad Pro is heavier than that. We can, can look connect, it up. Can you connect a different gamepad to the Steam Deck though? That's that's yeah, the question. You can, you yeah, can. you can. I, yeah, I mean, I think wow. that that would work. I and you could also work. set it in its little mount for the monitor. You know what I mean? Like you could kind of like uh, it's got like kind of that switch thing that's coming right, where you could plug it into a monitor. You sort of set it down, it becomes docked mode. I believe that's uh, the thing they're working on. I think that's. I hope it, so. I'm not paying as much wrong. attention. I just, well, I just want it so I can play Death Stranding on the go. But what honest. I'm saying is, Andy, like you could, like I, you could make something work, dude. Hmm. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin will set you up. Also, Infinite Infinite Corpse in chat agrees with you. He wants that too. He says, "Man, I tickle for that." 
I would tickle for that. I would tickle for that. Just like a like if you told me right now, and he likes it. Like he really likes. He really likes. I don't know about that. I don't know. (laughs) He starts making sounds you never heard before. Yeah. (laughs) Um. I I would. um, New octaves. He's hidden. Like if it's a if it's a tablet PC version. If you told me right now that that product exists out there, where it's like it can run all those Steam games that you've been wanting. You know, just like I'm not trying to play The Witcher or fucking Destiny on PC. I just I want something for a lot of these indies titles that that end up coming out on PC. That that's called Nintendo Switch, Andy. That aren't on Switch. No, no, no. Because not every game comes to Switch initially. Um, I want, and even then, I'm still kind of, I'm still doing this. Yeah, you're still, yeah, that's right. That's right. You're still, I mean, I guess I can like, you know, control or whatever, but I don't know. I'm, 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 it's funny because I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm bitching a lot. I get it. I'm, I like, I don't, I don't know if we're built the same, but like, my hands, my arms are getting tired and like looking down, I'm like, this is uncomfortable, man. It's uncomfortable, It's It's uncomfortable, dude. You know, all right. We got, we got one more news story before we wrap this thing up. Story number nine Elden Ring has an official candy, but it's not for sale. This is from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Kevin, I have a link for you to pull up up here. I, in, in the doc, Kevin has changed the word, Kevin has changed the word to banana and it caught me very off guard. Great job, Kevin. He got, blessing, he got me with banana too. <laughs> oh, did he? Did he get you? Yeah, yeah. He got me with banana. <laughs> I'm the with the banana. <laughs> yeah. I almost said it. Thank. I didn't read it verbatim. Thank God. Because uh, I would have See, I thought you did. I guess because I saw it. And I was like, he's got my name written down in the script. I'll change it. I'll change no, it. That's he crazy. got. That's he crazy. got my. He got my bitch ass with a banana as well. Um, and uh, it was one of those where like I knew it was off blessing, but I didn't know that was an inside joke. And I'm reading it, and I go, banana. <laughs> and, and Greg was like, "Oh, he's doing the thing, and he's trying to get you to." Oh, because so I good. thought that I thought it was like an inside joke that the article had, you know. Uh, so like, I caught that it was weird. I wasn't just kind of reading and saying the word banana out of nowhere. I I realized and recognized that it was odd. Um, but Kevin, he got me. Yeah, I'm not why am I not getting any Elden Ring shit? No, th- I, okay. I, this is this is exactly why I brought this up. I didn't bring this up because this is news. I brought this up because I am jealous and envious. All right. The tweet I sent Kevin to bring up is a tweet from uh, the homie Paris Lily of the Kind of Funny X Cast. Uh, here's the thing. All right, Paris, I love you. I absolutely adore you, and I adore everybody who's getting these these PR packages from Trolley. But none of you like Trolley as much as I do. I know for a fact Paris doesn't love Elden Ring as much as I do. Trolley, what the fuck are you doing? This is even start of the game. Paris hasn't even played Elden Ring. And Paris is too old to be eating trolley. He has kids, all right? I'm sure he gives his kids the trolley, but still. <laughs> come on, bro. Like, come I, on! Fucking, I live and breathe trolley, Andy. It's my favorite candy. Give me a it's goddamn sword. Of all time. Give me a weapon. I put in 60 hours in Elden Ring, Andy. And I put in more hours into eating trolley. Where is my package? Uh, I'll be seeing you soon <laughs> at trolley on Twitter. I can all be right? bought, you know? What do you think all these good reviews are for, Blessing? I'm, I want a gift. That's why. And you, you got to wait for them to, like, buy you first before this you give is a, a good review. Blessing, this is a three out of five game at best. I've been waiting there for a go. fucking gift. I gave, that's why I gave it a five out of five. <sighs> fucking shit, dude. You know, the things you do for candy and the fact that they don't, like, you, you open up the mail and it's not there. And it's like, what the fuck did I do all this for? You know, it's fucking ridiculous, dude. I'm yeah, eating my yeah. apple, by the way. Sorry. Actually, actually, the Elden Ring tutorialization is bad. All right. There. We said it. You agree, Andy? The what? The tutorialization in Elden Ring is bad. You, you agree? Ah, oh, bless. I don't know. I mean, you're at a five I, out of five. I almost had him. I almost had him. He didn't want to, he didn't want to stick to you, the gun. You think it's a five out of five now. You've come I to the right I think it's a five out of five now. <laughs> but the tutorialization is still really bad. But enough about that, Andy. I can't wait to see one day when From Software actually teaches you how to play one of their games. But that day is just so far away. If I want to come out to Mom and Grop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Dr. Oil for Xbox One, Edge of Eternity for Switch, Sam and Max, this time it's virtual for PSVR, For the Warp for Switch, Final Fantasy VI for PC, and then Blade and Sword for PC. We have one new date for you. Agent Intercept, the over-the-top driving arcade action game with a transforming spy vehicle from developer Pickpock, uh, drifts onto Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, uh, on Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. We have one new uh, one deal of the day for you from Wario 64. Persona 5 Royal is $29.99 US dollars on USPSN. Uh, oh, man. You know what? We got some reader mail that we'll save for the post show. We wow. got to squat up. 
yeah, sad. We don't have enough time. We've been going long in this episode. Yeah. Um, because we started a little bit late, so it's fine. But we do have a squad up for you. Uh, Joe Carlson wrote in uh, with a squad up to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can, and says, uh, just got a PS5 and looking for some casual gaming friends. Evening, usually on the West Coast. If you want to play some games with Joe Carlson, you can add Joe with the username Shadowleaf04. That is Shadowleaf04, all one word. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you were wrong, where you write in a list of what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. Uh, Nana writes in with an update on the Ukraine story and says, uh, EA has pulled all Russian teams from FIFA 22 uh, and cites CNET. And so if you want to learn more about that, head over to CNET.com where they have the article up. Uh, and that's it. That's all. We didn't get anything wrong, Andy. Me and you absolutely Zero. killed it, which means that uh, we were right about everything we said about trolley. All right. Send us the fucking candy. <laughs> you were wrong about the tutorialization, though. I'll say that. About I was definitely thing. not wrong about the tutorialization. It's like, come <clears> on, guys. <throat> At least tell me, like, how to use the pouch. You know? Like, how long do I have to play the game before I realize how the pouch on the right-hand right, right hand side of the pause menu works? Okay, mister, I didn't fucking <laughs> see the guy who's... Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. Oh, my God. I didn't see the guy. For, oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. Why are you tying mechanics to random people in the open world? Like, why Why am I 30 hours into this game and realizing that item crafting is being held by just a dude named Samuel somewhere in the You're open world? You're that man at the beginning of the game, and the guy has a menu option that says recommendation. You click recommendation, and the guy's like, hey, I recommend you get a crafty you can craft shit and bless you didn't know all of that you step out you step out right it's just this beautiful thing right you step out into the open world all of a sudden the world is your oyster right you can i don't know if that's the right <laughs> phrase <laughs> the world is yours essentially yeah. shout out to nas the world is yours yeah, you step out yeah. you can go any direction andy all right you can go any direction why the fuck would i know to go fucking a little bit northwest all right all right say goodbye it's fucked up, all right? Um, tomorrow's hosts are kind of funny games daily are Greg and Tim. If you watch this live on Twitch right now, after this is Mike and Greg playing some Puzzle Quest for some reason, I guess. If you want to catch that stream later, <laughs> so you can subscribe. Who plays Puzzle Quest on the stream? Subscribe to YouTube.com. It's a three, it's kind of 300 funny. stream. Uh, oh, match three. Okay. Match three. Oh, match 300. Hell yeah. Okay, there you go. It all comes together. Let's celebrate the three. <laughs> We're celebrating this 300th stream after this episode of KFGD, so look out for that. Uh, remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. I knew they were going to say.